a story about how I got wired on caffeine. A Fox News alert. Oh, Fox News debuted. Not as exciting as most of those alerts. Anyway, this is Today. Welcome to This Is Today, the podcast that features the stories that make this day unique. It's Wednesday, October 7th, 2020. I'm Russ, and here's what you need to know about today. Well, you know, I know it's called This Is Today, but I'm going to tell you a story about yesterday. Yeah, apparently I had left my car lights on all night long, and uh, my neighbor uh, called me and just, you know, getting into the shower. I, I hear this, and I'm like, oh, man, all right, let me go get dressed, get out there, turn the lights off, make sure the battery's not dead on the car. And then I remember, you know, if you leave the lights on and the battery is a little bit dead, you should probably take the car for a ride. So I went for a ride to Starbucks and I grabbed a Frappuccino. I haven't had one of those since probably March. And uh, let me tell you, I haven't felt that great in 20 years. Yeah, I felt like President Trump walking out of Walter Reed. I just stole his line. It was amazing. And you know what is great about that is I'm going to go get another one today because it's National Frappe Day. And uh, you should get one too, because let me tell you, these things are amazing, especially if you haven't had one in a while. You're going to be very creative, uh, very fast, and then you're going to crash at night and just fall asleep once the caffeine wears off. Uh, yeah, so uh, that was my day yesterday, and uh, now, and now we'll move on to the events of today. Uh, but first, we're going to take a little break here, but when we return, we're going to tell you how a drunk driving incident and a prostitution ring helped to make Dick Clark... A household name. We'll be right back with that answer. And welcome back. The TV show American Bandstand premiered on this day in 1952 with the host that we all know and love, Bob Horn. Wait, who? Yeah, Dick Clark was actually not the original host. It was another radio DJ named Bob Horn. Yeah, he took the helm for the first four years. He hosted a radio show of the same name. See, back then, Bandstand was just a local Philadelphia show. It was basically showing music videos. Well, actually, short films that were kind of like music videos. Yet Bob suggested going to a format where teens dance to the latest hits on the show. Well, the format worked, and the show grew in popularity. Everything was going great for American Bandstand and Bob Horn until... July of 1956, Bob Horn was driving and he got arrested for drunk driving. And there were other charges, uh, charges of statutory rape. Now, he was acquitted of that charge, but he was also involved, possibly, we're not sure, but possibly in a prostitution ring. Yeah, so while now this would make you a member of Congress, back then the radio station and the TV station was none too happy. So they fired Bob, and a temporary host came in. Later, they hired Dick Clark as the permanent host. Where did uh, Dick Clark get his start? Well, he got a start in radio in Syracuse, New York in 1945. He moved around a bit, as people tend to do in radio. Eventually, he ended up in Philadelphia. He would occasionally fill in for Bob, so he already had a little bit of experience on the show. And that experience would pay off, because once he started hosting the show in August of 1957, ABC would pick up the show for national syndication. The show grew over the years, and it moved to Hollywood. American Bandstand gave artists an opportunity for national exposure. And 
it definitely helped him to sell albums. For instance, Bandstand was the first show to feature Ike and Tina Turner, Stevie Wonder, Prince, Johnny Cash, and Buddy Holly. Yeah, a wide variety of artists appeared on the show, mainly because it featured whatever was popular at the time. Dick Clark was often credited for spreading rock and roll across the country and launching careers. He kept it simple, saying once, I played records, the kids dance, and America watched. Dick Clark went on to host game shows. He started the New Year's Eve tradition with uh, New Year's Rockin' Eve, and he produced and hosted a slew of other programs. The last song was played on Bandstand in 1989. Dick Clark died in 2012. All right, moving now to Adam Rich, the actor who portrayed Nicholas Bradford, the youngest son on the television program, Eight is Enough. Yeah, this was a 70s show, and it had a bunch of child stars on there. Well, this child star was arrested on this day in 1991 for robbing a pharmacy. Adam was one of many child actors in the 70s and 80s that turned to drug use and other illegal activities. Oh, by the way, it's Adam's birthday next week. He'll turn 52 on the 12th. 17 million cable subscribers received a new cable news channel. Media mogul Rupert Murdoch and his Fox News channel first reported news on this day back in 1996. Back in February of 96, Roger Ailes, a former Republican Party strategist and executive at NBC, left NBC. He was at a 24-hour news talk station called America's Talking that later became MSNBC. Anyway, Rupert and Robert got together to start this cable station. Well, actually, Rupert hired uh, Robert to start this station. The problem, though, with starting a new cable station is distribution. As I mentioned, they only had 17 million people that they were broadcasting to. They weren't even in New York or Los Angeles. So Fox decided to kind of flip the way that all of this works. And instead of cable providers paying them for the content, they paid the cable operators $11 per subscriber to hit their network distribution goals. Okay, so let's talk about the elephant in the room. Fox News definitely favors the Republicans, while MSNBC and CNN favor the Democrats. Yeah, fair and balanced may be the slogan, but that's not really a thing anymore. But why? What caused this shift? Let's go back in time a bit. The year 1949, the FCC passed the Fairness Doctrine. It said that if a broadcaster is going to cover a controversial issue of public importance, it must do so in an honest, equitable, and balanced way, and it must air contrasting views. Was this legal? Yeah. In 1969, the Supreme Court upheld the FCC's right to enforce the rule where channels were limited. Okay, so then came the Reagan administration, and Congress wanted to maybe make some changes to the Fairness Doctrine. So Congress asked the FCC to maybe look into some alternatives. In 1987, the FCC decided to abolish the rule. Yeah, the FCC's decision made some members of Congress unhappy. So they tried to stop it, which was vetoed by Ronald Reagan. He said, well, no, no, no. And so the Fairness Doctrine was dead. 
1988, just a year after it was killed, Rush Limbaugh was upgraded from a small Sacramento station in California to New York, the biggest market in radio, and it became a syndicated nationwide program. He was one of the big early beneficiaries of this repeal. So without the fairness doctrine, we get hostile media We get both sides yelling at each other. We watch the news for entertainment and to support our own viewpoints and beliefs. On the other side, the media has less government control, and it's more in line with the rights guaranteed in the First Amendment. Hey, look at that. I just did a fair and balanced story. There's two sides to every story, I guess. Interesting. Let's turn to last year. Several rock magazines were reporting that the band Van Halen would go on hiatus due to health issues. It was kind of a mystery as to what's going on, but we knew that Eddie Van Halen had suffered some battles with cancer in the past. A sad update to this story. World-renowned guitarist Eddie Van Halen died yesterday at the age of 65 after a battle with cancer. Eddie was the lead guitarist for the band Van Halen, which he founded with his brother Alex. Van Halen is known for the songs Jump, Panama, Hot for Teacher, and Running with the Devil, amongst other hits. Eddie uh, also did some side gigs, and he was the guitar that you hear in Michael Jackson's Beat It. Yeah, that was him. Yeah, He was a rock god, and he was also an inventor. He holds three guitar-related patents. Rest in peace, Eddie. All right, let's turn now to our birthdays. On this day in 1942, Joy Behar was born. She turns 78. Ollie North will be telling some stories about him eventually on this podcast. He turns 77. Another rocker, uh, John Mellencamp, turns 69. Vladimir Putin is 68. Simon Cowell is 61. Tony Braxton is 53. And the baseball player Mookie Betts is 28. That's your look at October 7th. Thanks for listening to This Is Today. We do our best to pull together all the correct information. If we made a mistake and you heard it, you're super smart and we're super sorry. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a five star if you think we deserve it. If you'd like to make sure that we cover something on a future episode or you've got a guest that you would like us to talk to, let us know. Go to thisistodaypodcast.com to make suggestions, give us feedback, and see those other podcasts. I hope you enjoyed learning about today. I'm Russ, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Yeah.